You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And good morning and welcome back. Thanks for joining us for Real Presence Live this morning. I'm Heather Caro. And Roxanne Solomon. And we are your hosts. We're broadcasting today from Fargo, North Dakota. I came up on Monday for the beautiful banquet. What a fun, so joyful fun. night. Yeah, Sai was... He's so down to earth and so funny. And yeah, these little funny things that come out just kind of (laughs) totally spontaneous. Yeah. Yeah, He's great. So I stuck around for a few days. We had a a little bit of a snow yesterday. (laughs) Just a little, just a little, like a howling blizzard. (laughs) Like a howling blizzard. (laughs) After our 60 degree day the day before. I know. Do you know if if Cy got out okay? (laughs) He did. His flight actually left early. Thank goodness. Okay. So thank you and welcome to hour two. We're going to move right along. We have Father Seth Gogolin on the line with us. Good morning, Father. Good morning. So great to be with you today from the Diocese of Duluth. Yes, thank you for joining us. Tell the listeners a little bit about who you are. Sure. Uh, So uh, Father Seth Gogolin, uh, I am rector at our cathedral and a pastor at St. Mary's Star of the Sea, a downtown parish in the city of Duluth. Uh, I've been a priest since uh, June of uh, 2012 and uh, been different assignments throughout the diocese. I currently also uh, serve as our vicar general uh, uh, for our diocese, and uh, really excited to be helping out uh, with the Eucharistic Congress, the start of the North Eucharistic Congress in Bemidji this year. And for those that maybe have never listened to anything Catholic before, what is this Eucharistic Congress? <laughs> oh, yes, exactly. It's, it's so exciting. Um, Catholics from around the region... Uh, we'll be gathering together uh, to praise Jesus in the Eucharist, to learn more about Jesus in the Eucharist, and to be encouraged by one another um, in our devotion uh, with, uh, of the Eucharist with each other as Catholics. Right. It's all part of this great Eucharistic revival that's been going on. Are you going to Indiana? I will be there. So uh, will Roxanne and I. Indiana too. We yeah. can hang out. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be great to meet you in person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's some efforts that are actually starting um, before the actual Congress, which is in July. Uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on in May. Sure. So uh, May 17th and 18th, we are having a joint Eucharistic Congress between our diocese, the Diocese of Duluth, and the Diocese of Crookston, which is hosted uh, in Bemidji, which is a border city along our two dioceses that is in the Diocese of Crookston. And we're having our own Eucharistic Congress sort of as a, a, a precursor, getting us ready uh, for the Eucharistic pilgrimage, which I'm sure we'll talk about later in this broadcast, too, uh, and leading up to the, the National Eucharistic Congress in Indianapolis. It'll be a two-day uh, Congress with different uh, speakers. Uh, our two bishops will be there. Bishop Barron will be there. Father Mike Schmitz. Uh, we'll be there as well. Uh, Ali Alia and her band will be playing music. So it's uh, looking to be a really great event uh, for Catholics uh, in Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, whoever can make it there, yes. Yeah. The way you described it, I was thinking about the pep rallies that we used to have before the big game. You know, we'd all yeah. get together and, yeah. and cheer and get excited, and that kind of seems a little bit like what's going to be happening in May to get ready for the the event in July when everyone's going to be coming together from the four corners of the United States, which, which I think hasn't happened since the 30s or 40s or something like that. Or that that's never happened, but there was a, a Eucharistic Congress, I think, um, but never in this way where mm. we're parading Jesus through the through the whole mm. all the streets. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, 
amazing. Um, what, what do you think is the importance of this at this time? I know we've been kind of called upon to to reintroduce Jesus in this way. Where is your heart on all that? Like, what what is uh, yeah? What what's making you tick here about this? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think this is extremely important. Um, as our bishops across the United States have said, we need a Eucharist revival. Um, you know, there's it seems like every year there's a a new like Pew Research study out there that less and less Catholics believe in the real presence of the Eucharist, and even for those of us who do. Um, there can be sort of a um, sort of a laxity in our prayer sometimes when we see all of the, the horrible things going on around the world and in our own country, and we can start to be like, well, what, what, what do we do? <laughs> um, and, and Jesus is the answer. He calls us to himself and to renew our own devotion to Jesus in the Eucharist, uh, to be strengthened and encouraged by Jesus in the Eucharist, to go evangelize, uh, and to allow Jesus to really transform us uh, by being in his Eucharistic presence. We need Jesus. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. Yeah. You know, and we need each other, too. That's one of the things about getting together, mm-hmm. doing something. You know, we can go to adoration and Mass and things like that, but then what? What do we right. do with that? Like, right. what do we do with our zeal and what he has given us? And so one of the things I like about this, too, is not everyone is going to be able to go in July to Indiana. Exactly. Um, but they can go to Duluth, or they can go, you know, to... to, to, to and by the way... Um, you didn't work that hard to get any dynamic speakers or anything, right? No. Like, they're pretty low-key and humble. All local guys, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're pretty blessed in this area to no have the, the bishops we do. Um, and Father Mike Schmidt, the priest of our Diocese of Duluth, um, he lives right just down the road from the cathedral here, actually. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're able to find a way to get these people there. <laughs> Well, that's that's so kind of that that that, that I think I think you're going to have a successful event because like I kind of want to go. I do too. I know. <laughs> See if I can so talk my husband into two. Can we do a detour <laughs> through Bemidji on our way to Indianapolis? Yeah. Hey, there's tickets still available, ladies, for this Congress in uh, in Bemidji. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll be thinking about that. Yeah, Bemidji is a beautiful area too. Can you tell us a little bit about what people can expect besides these wonderful speakers who I know are going to inspire people and get people excited about Jesus? What are some other aspects of this this event that, that are going to happen? Yeah, absolutely. So there's going to be uh, some great testimonies from people across our two dioceses, um, from different demographics and areas who are able going to be talking about their own uh, personal relationship with Jesus and their experience of Him in the Eucharist, which hopefully can again, encourage us onward. Um, with that, there's going to be different uh, booths and sponsors uh, who will be there. I think Real Presence Radio uh, is one of them, in fact, mm-hmm. who will be present uh, there. Um, there's going to be uh, just a great opportunity uh, at the end of the Congress uh, for some uh, uh, continued fellowship and even fireworks uh, along Lake, Lake, Lake Bemidji there, uh, just to really announce to the area outside of even our churches, right, that we believe in the real presence of the Eucharist, and it's great going um, kind of outward in that way, not just in our churches, but showing by this act of Eucharistic Congress somewhere else in this public place at the Sanford Center uh, that we're proclaiming Jesus from the rooftops. So fun. And Real Presence Radio, we're actually going to be broadcasting on the 18th from this event. So it's going to be, we're super excited about it and um, can't wait to see it. So as your role in all of this, Father, someone says, hey, you're in charge of this. You're in charge of the Eucharistic revival. You're in charge of all these things. What does that mean to you and how has that, you know, what have you been doing with this role? Mm, sure. 
uh, praying a lot more. <laughs> uh, There's a, a lot going on, um, but I would also say, in, in addition to um, needing to get on my knees in front of Jesus all the more, is depending on our awesome diocesan staffs, both in Duluth and Crookston, uh, to help with these things, there's no way that uh, me or any one person could really be the lead without so many other people helping. Um, I want to highlight uh, Gina Lemke, who's our chief of staff uh, for the Diocese of Duluth, doing a ton of work uh, for, for this Congress. And in the Diocese of Crookston, uh, Deacon Mark Creechie, uh, mm. huge, huge amount of work uh, that, that he's been doing as well, um, and even helping with the National Congress, as Bishop Cousins is so much a part uh, of that uh, for the USCCB. Um, just really gathering together uh, groups of people from our diocesan staff, but also volunteers from our parishes to be able to pull something like this off. It really is bringing us together both in each of our individual dioceses, uh, but also uh, across our dioceses working together. Yeah, I love how we're crossing those lines because we do end up being so, you know, focused on our own thing. And so I love how all of these are coming together to collaborate because we all love the same thing. Uh (laughs) What do you think people who maybe have gotten a little lukewarm about Mm. the Eucharist, Mm. what what do you wish they knew that to to revive Oh, my goodness. Mm. Yeah, that... Jesus' words, that he's the way, the truth, and the life. And uh, when we get lukewarm about the Eucharist, um, we really lose sight of so much in our life because Jesus is the path to heaven, and Jesus is the way even right now, not just for our eternal salvation, but even in our lives, uh, to, to, to show us the real meaning of what it is to follow him, what it is to be a Christian. And so there's, with all the, the sufferings that naturally come just by being human, uh, to be able to make sense of those things through Jesus, there's really no, there's really no other way. And I, I would hope that people might come just because of the, the excitement, you know, the big uh, Sanford Center, these speakers, the fun, the fireworks, and to just maybe give Jesus a shot again mm-hmm. uh, so, that, so that he can re- really enter in. We don't have to give Jesus a lot for him to do a lot in us. Right. We just have to say yes. You know, and I love the tangible aspect of the Eucharist. Uh, and, and, I mean, it just touches me when I reflect on the fact that God wanted to stay with us, like, after mm-hmm. Jesus after Jesus mm-hmm. left us for a time in, in, mm-hmm. in the way that he did, that he always wanted to be with us physically. And, and to me, that is such a gift about being Catholic. And yeah. why wouldn't we want to share that with the whole world yeah. <laughs> with fireworks? Yeah. One of my mm-hmm. favorite reflections that someone told me um, was, if you go outside and you're outside for a long time you're, and you're under the sun, you're going to get a sunburn just being exposed to the sun. So even if you don't feel like it and you don't know what to say or how to say it, just go to adoration. Because imagine what that sun is doing to your soul. Just uh, being in his presence. And Just you'll never get there. a sunburn unless it's like the, the burning of the Holy Spirit. The good kind. <laughs> the <laughs> good kind. <Yes. laughs> well, Father Seth, we need to take a quick break. And when we okay. come back, we're going to quiz you a little bit more about the Star of the North Eucharistic Congress and what's happening afterwards. So, folks, stay with us. More Real Presence Live right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI Presented by Leonardo Di Filippis of St. Luke Productions Conversion and Obedience Faith requires conversion and that conversion is an act of obedience toward a reality which precedes me and which does not originate from me. For Christians, this prior reality is not an it, but a he, or even better, a you. It is Christ, the Word made flesh. He is the new beginning of our thought. He is the new I which bursts open the limits of subjectivity and the boundaries dividing subject from object, thus enabling me to say, it is no longer I who live. Conversion does not lead into a private relationship with Jesus, which in reality would be another form of mere monologue. This is the sole guarantee that the obedience which we owe to the truth is concrete. Only the concrete God can be something other than a new projection of one's own self. Following in Christ's footsteps is the only way of losing oneself which attains the desired goal. The one who became flesh has remained flesh. He is concrete. Obedience to the church is the concreteness of our obedience. The church is that new and greater subject in which past and present, subject and object come into contact. The church is our contemporaneity with Christ. There is no other. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning and welcome back. Thank you for joining us on Real Presence Live this morning. I am Heather Caro. And Roxanne Sullivan. And we're hosting today from the Fargo Studios. It's a bright, beautiful, sunny day. And we've been chatting with Father Seth Goglin from the Diocese of Duluth. He's been chatting with us about the Star of the North Eucharistic Congress that will be coming up here in May. So they're after the big event on May 17th and 18th, uh, there's something even bigger going on the very next day. So tell us a little bit about that, Father. Yeah, it's super exciting. So the next day we'll begin uh, the Eucharistic pilgrimage uh, from um, Lake Itasca State Park, so that the headwaters of the Mississippi Bishop Cousins will preside at a Mass there, which from there, the Eucharist will begin uh, processing in pilgrimage across our country uh, uh, towards Indianapolis. And again, there's four different routes throughout the United States. Ours is the Northern Route, the Marion Route, and that begins that day. Very, very exciting, a whole group of pilgrims that will be traveling with the Eucharist. So, me being the practical mom that I am, what does this look like? Are they physically going to be walking and processing with the Eucharist. How is this actually going to look and, and happen? Yeah, no, that's, that's a really, really great question. So um, there will be some things that are consistent uh, with each stop. So uh, with each stop, uh, there will be a Mass, and then they begin uh, what they call a solemn procession. So that will be all the smells and the bells that uh, we're used to as Catholics, having canopies, candles, incense, 
all the priests, deacons, vested, uh, religious, those apostolates within our diocese that are able to attend. And that solemn procession will go somewhere from a mile to a few miles uh, and end with uh, a benediction at a site uh, with the Eucharist. And then from there, uh, it will vary based on how close to the next site that the pilgrimage group has to get to, how much time they have, but then they would process less solemnly, so still walking uh, with, with the Eucharist in the monstrance, but pretty much just the pilgrims group and maybe a few others can walk with them on these sites uh, after that solemn procession is done. And then, yes, for time, they're going to have to get in cars eventually and, yeah. and drive to the next site. <laughs> well, I just think that's so exciting. It's kind of like the... I hate to say this because it's not even close, <laughs> the, the Olympic torch, you know, but, <laughs> but you know, it's way bigger than that. And just thinking of all of the uh, quote unquote sunburns people are going to get just by encountering Christ when they maybe never have before. Oh, it's so beautiful to, to know that Jesus is going to be walking across our country, uh, going through our towns, um, people who maybe have never seen Jesus uh, in the Eucharist before, to be able to witness him, maybe not even knowing uh, mm-hmm. what's happening or what we're doing exactly, but uh, to build an interest in that. I, um, we've been blessed in the last couple of years uh, here in our, in our diocese, especially in the city of Duluth, to do a few smaller, uh, much smaller, uh, Eucharistic processions uh, within our town here of Duluth, and just seeing the people come out from their houses like, what, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, and to be able to have some interaction with those people, too, and, t- and talk to them about what we're doing and why we are, we are bringing Jesus through our town. Um, because Not only because we want to sanctify everywhere we go, but because Jesus loves these people. <laughs> yeah. And Jesus wants to be near to these people. He wants to be near to all of us and to our hearts, and for, especially for those who don't know him yet. What a great opportunity for encounter. So as Catholics, we tend to do a lot of pilgrimages. Mm. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why all the walking? <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, uh, it, it get, I think a real practical reason is it gets us out of our, our normal uh, flow of our days, too. Like, mm. like when you go on retreat, like, yeah, I suppose you could go on retreat in your own room and stay there for a few days, but, but getting out of your normal mode of living can help just change things up enough to allow our hearts to, to be more open uh, to what Jesus might want to do. A second, there's the, kind of the sacrificial part of, of the walking, right? It, it, it can be work. Uh, mm-hmm. to do that and to, to offer that up, but also the sense of pilgrimage. Generally speaking, you, you don't really go on pilgrimage by yourself. Um, mm-hmm. You're going on pilgrimage by others. So not only being with Jesus' Eucharistic body, but also the body of Christ, meaning the holy people of God, uh, being together, united as one body in Christ, um, being able to encourage each other, being able to grow uh, in, in and with Jesus, uh, with, with each other on pilgrimage. And then we usually go to a site, right? It usually ends somewhere, uh, and that, that uh, in this case, ends in Indianapolis with the, the National Eucharistic Congress. I'm just curious, as a communicator, how, um, if, there, if the media is going to know about, I mean, I'm assuming they are, but, like, will, will people be able to watch, probably on EWTN, maybe at these different sites, I'm not sure, but um, people that can't get out, maybe, and be in the streets, maybe, or homebound, right. will there be ways for them to view it, do you know? You might not know. Yeah. Yeah, EWTN will be certainly at some of the big, big parts, so the Congress itself, um, and I, I believe they're also going to be, oh shoot, EWTN, don't uh, quote me, but I think they're going to be <laughs> at uh, the uh, the Mass at Lake Atasca State Park as well. 
um, or there has at least been some talks about that. Um, For uh, places that have the capability, which I think is a lot of places since COVID, I'm sure there will be live streaming uh, of of many of these events at these churches. Right. And if you are listening to this right now and hearing about this event on May 17th and 18th, the Star of the North Eucharistic Congress, which is going to kind of be the pep rally, that's what I'm mm-hmm. dubbing it, uh, for, for, the, for this launch of Jesus going through the, through the United States. You can go to CrixtonEucharist.org and find out more about that if you want to be involved or let someone else know about it or plan a group or plan an anniversary trip or a reunion or something. It's happening in the warmer months, so thankfully we won't be trudging through snow. Yay. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, but definitely go there, CrookstonEucharist.org, and find out more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, please register soon. I mean, uh, we have nearly 2,000 uh, registered already for this event, which is so exciting. Um, we'll be able to hold uh, up to 4,000, so uh, we do have some, some time on that. But the, the lodging uh, is mm. starting to get a little tight. The good news is there's Bemidji State University right there in Bemidji, uh, that is opening up dorms uh, for groups that are interested in reserving. Nice. So that's that's another opportunity as well. So if people are interested in joining part of the pilgrimage as it's traveling um, down the river, how can they find out information if it's coming through their city and how to join? Oh right, yes. Oh shoot, <laughs> there is a web. There is a Google website it. for that. There, there is a website, Eucharistic Pilgrimage. Yeah. Um, and it it just got it just got launched uh, last week with all the different sites um, within the diocese of Duluth. I can I can share with you that we'll be stop, stopping in uh, Walker, we'll be stopping in Grand Rapids, and in Colerain, uh, and then we'll be stopping in Duluth itself. And so at each of those places. There, there will be holy hours, masses, Eucharistic prayers and devotions that are done. And then, as I mentioned, sort of the process, the, um, the solemn procession into a less solemn procession, and then driving in cars to the next, next place. And, and when we're in Duluth, I'm really excited because we're working with uh, our next-door neighbors there on that side, uh, are the Diocese of Superior. And so they will be part of the events on May 21st and 22nd in the city of Duluth, uh, a holy hour led by the Bishop of Superior, Bishop Powers, uh, the evening of May 21st, followed by a reception for anyone who can come. And then the next morning, a Mass at our cathedral with our Bishop, Bishop Daniel Felton, followed by uh, the solemn procession, which will lead, all, lead us down all the way to, to Lake Superior. There's a nice park there, Leif Erickson Park, where we'll have benediction. And from that spot, we can see uh, the Diocese of Superior as well. So a uh, really exciting opportunity. Well, and um, if people want to look at the map, um, there is a map on EucharisticRevival.org. It's a great website if you want to learn anything about everything that's going on with this Eucharistic Revival. But EucharisticRevival.org, and there's a pilgrimage section that you can click on and then just choose the Marian route. The Marian route, route, route. (laughs) And that will uh, show you everything that's going on up in our great area. I'm excited for all the stories that are going to come out of this because, like, right now mm. it's just like mapping it all out. I know. But the actually lived stories that we don't even know yet, but God is already planning and already has the foresight to well, know. Well, and it gets us so excited because we know how powerful He is. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? I just get so excited. You know, this summer I went out with a group of people and we kind of tapped on doors and just want to let people know about Jesus. It was really mm. hard. Wow. It was really hard. I mean, harder than I thought. 
And I think I, what I love about this approach, I wish we could do it more often, is it like we're inviting them. We're not like approaching yeah. like they can they can come out and be like in, invited into yeah. the stream instead of you know they Jesus can do the leading. You can I guess. join if you <laughs> yeah. feel like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just that witness. So, anything else you want to share, Father, um, as we get ready to to move on here? Uh, I just want to encourage everyone who's listening, whether you can come to the Congress or not. Um, to really be willing to take a deeper dive with Jesus in the Eucharist, whether that's, um, you know, going to a 40 hours devotion that many parishes are, are doing, um, just going to a Eucharistic Adoration Chapel, or just the adoration that happens in your parish churches from time to time, mm-hmm. to give yourself uh, more to Jesus, and you will never be disappointed with the time that you spend with Jesus in the Eucharist. Yeah. Some of the most peaceful time that I have in my life. Absolutely. Before we go, Father, do you have any stories of, of any times in your life, whenever it was, mm-hmm. that where the Eucharist came alive for you? Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I, th- I think about um, my vocation story and coming uh, to become a seminarian uh, for our diocese. I didn't really know what was going on in my life, but I just kind of had a pit in my stomach of kind of unhappiness. And um, uh, the priest, Father Bill Skerich, he was the associate pastor in town at the time, encouraged me just to go sit in front of Jesus in the Eucharist and just to talk openly and honestly with him about my life and how I was feeling and what I was experiencing. And they said, just sit and be silent and be, be open uh, to what the Lord wants to tell you. And it became so clear uh, that the Lord was asking me to be one of his priests. Mm-hmm. And uh, just, it, w- it was amazing the, the just open, honest conversation with the Lord and then the quiet listening uh, that the Lord speaks to us in our hearts. Beautiful. That's still small, but powerful voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Father Seth, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. I, I, it's a joy to be with you both. God bless you, and thank you for being one of the leaders in this charge. Amen. <laughs> thank you. All right, so it's been a powerful morning already this morning, and we're not done yet. So when we return on Real Presence Live, hear from a mother and daughter about the incredible healing they experienced together while on retreat. It's a touching experience. You can't miss it. We'll be back with more Real Presence Live right after this. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. This is Jake Warner, the State Deputy of the North Dakota Knights of Columbus. I was asked to explain if someone were to come to me and and ask why should they become a Knight of Columbus. I can answer from my my own experience, uh, and that would be um, becoming a Knight of Columbus has made me a better Catholic. It's made me a better uh, husband. It's made me a better father. It's made made me a better man. There are so many things about the Knights of Columbus that young men are really looking for, and and they don't understand it's just as close as as their local church. Becoming a part of, of the Knights of Columbus 
local council uh, opens up so many doors for you. In a society where people are known to be loners and going their own way and, and trying to figure out what's going on around them, the Knights of Columbus provides you a family, people that you can go to, resources that you can reach out to, ask questions of, get encouragement from, uh, not only spiritual encouragement, but, but all kinds of things. Hello, this is Bishop Andrew Cousins with the Diocese of Crookston. This Lent, I want to challenge you to go to the Sacrament of Confession. It's the most concrete way you can live out our Lord's call to conversion and experience the joy of being made new. Maybe you could even go twice to confession this Lent. When we go to confession, we get to experience the great humility and grace which comes to us through this sacrament. Have a blessed Lent.